Another business makes the move downtown. I'm Tom Shine, and welcome to The Range. Support for The Range comes from McCowan Gordon Construction, Fidelity Bank, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Coming up, how the story of a small Kansas town was captured by a single photographer. They're just like a complete time capsule of the history of St. John and the county. But first, over the last decade, Wichita has drawn people downtown with an array of new housing options. And that same migration is happening with businesses. Cargill moved into its new $60 million headquarters in 2018. IMA left Rock Road for downtown in 2020. And now, Keith Centrix has found a new home at Douglas and Emporia. The tech company held an open house last week to formally celebrate its move. Jeff Lucas is the vice president of operations for Keycentrics. When they looked at this property, there was just, I mean, the location was something that they really, really looked at. That is something that was, that was you know, right in this sweet spot of downtown Douglas where a lot's going on. If we could be here, this was the prime space to, place to be. Stephanie Wise is a real estate broker with Street Commercial. She says new development projects downtown, like Keycentrics, have sort of a domino effect with one leading to another, and then another. I think it gives confidence to the market, for sure. You know, does Keach Centrix have to work downtown to do what they do? No, but they listen to their employees. And I think that that's huge to hear that people want to be downtown. Um, they want to work downtown, and many of them want to live downtown. Jeff Lucas with Keith Centrix says the move from East Wichita was also about space. It allowed its roughly 80 employees, who were split between two buildings, to consolidate into one. And it allowed the company to create a headquarters with what he called purpose-built space to fit the needs of employees, some of whom work from home part of the week. And so when we are in the office, we want it to be an inviting office. We want it to be have the cool collaborative spaces that we've, we've mentioned, uh, the technology that helps us, allow us to do our jobs and to... Uh, to, to meet and be effective in that regard. Keycentrix has about 10,000 square feet over three floors. It kept a lot of the old touches from the building it's now in, which dates to 1916. Large windows that bathe the space in natural light, tin ceilings, sliding industrial doors, and the original wood floors. Cameron Shove of Keycentrix helped design and install the building's new technology. It's got uh, a lot of unique qualities that kind of weave in the historical kind of legacy piece of it to a lot of the high-tech stuff that we are trying to do as a technology company. So that's a kind of a neat marriage of those two aspects. While Keycentrics is the latest downtown project, Stephanie Wise, the real estate broker, says it won't be the last. The whole vibe downtown is very positive in growth, um, and we're only at the start. I mean, with um, Keycentrics moving downtown, IMA moving downtown, those were two really big, just fun additions. Uh, we have great ones that have been there for a long time, too. Um, now with this Biomed campus coming, wow, we're going to see a lot. For more on this story, go to KMUW.org. Before people took pictures using film, and certainly before they used cell phones, photos were captured using glass plate negatives. And in Stafford, in central Kansas, 
The History Museum has a collection of more than 30,000 of them, all shot by one man. Becky Tanner has more for this month's Hidden Kansas. William Gray took photos of almost every family who lived in Stafford County from about 1905 to 1947. They're just like a complete time capsule of the history of uh, St. John and the county. That's Michael Hathaway, director of the Stafford County History Museum. We have been told that it's the largest collection that pertains to one geographical area in the country. No one knew what they really had until Hathaway brought the 30,000 negatives up from the basement of the town's old bank building and moved them into the museum's library. That was in 2004. It took 10 years to clean and catalog the collection. William Gray was from nearby St. John. He took photos of everything, farmers in the field, women in hammocks, street shenanigans after Halloween, and exodester families who were African Americans who homesteaded in Kansas. There were many surprises. We thought at first when we started that it would just be a lot of studio shots, but we found that Mr. Gray traveled all around the town and all around the county and took pictures of uh, buildings and people's homes and the insides of these buildings. The glass negatives are housed in a bank vault across the brick street from the museum's office. When visitors come, Hathaway leads them to the display. As we enter the building, volunteer Pat Houston opens the bank vault to reveal rows of glass negatives in boxes. Yeah, we've had people come from um, all over Kansas and all over the country. In one week, I had a visitor from the Marshall Islands, and then that same week, they, uh, we had a visitor from Monaco, and both of them had read about our glass negatives on the Internet. Houston is one of the volunteers who help restore and catalog the negatives. I had never seen a glass negative before, so it was interesting. And the, one of the most fun parts of the whole project was looking at them and seeing what was important to people back then, whether it was their ladies' great big hats or their children or how long their hair was, <laughs> the cowboys, whatever was on the, the picture. There's a portrait of a World War I soldier, a fiddle player, beauty queens and Buicks, babies and people who just stare unblinking back at the camera. The negatives are a warm reflection of life in the early 20th century. I didn't see a bad picture. I didn't see anything that didn't have some interest to it. And I never saw a duplicate. For The Range, I'm Becky Tanner. Hidden Kansas explores intriguing spots across our state. There's more of Becky's story at KMUW.org. And one last thing. The Wichita School District made the wise choice financially when it announced this week it would close six schools. It had no good options, really in the face of declining enrollment and a growing budget deficit. But that doesn't make the fallout any easier. 2,000 students will attend new schools next August. They'll have to adapt to a new environment, to new teachers, to new routines, and so will their families. And there's a good chance the district will face similar decisions in the years ahead. The good news? 
no one will lose their jobs. Employees in schools that are closing will be offered positions elsewhere in the district. And this is probably a good time to remind ourselves that buildings are not a critical factor in a student's education. It's the people inside the buildings who count. Thanks for joining us on The Range. Our producers for this week's show are Carly Cooper, Jonathan Huber, and Beth Golay. Our digital producer is Hugo Fan, and Torn Anderson composed our theme music. The executive producer of The Range is Fletcher Powell. I'm Tom Shine, and this is KMUW, NPR for Wichita. This is my voice. It can tell you a lot about me, and I'm not changing it for anyone. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of NPR episodes centered on the Black experience. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts.